On this Aviation Special, we sit down with Samantha Ventura and talk Cedia education. All this and more on this Aviation Special. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is an AV Nation special, Cedia Education. Welcome to this special episode of Resi Week. This is your uh, typically your weekly roundup, but it's a special with my good friend, the one and only Samantha Ventura. How are you, Samantha? I'm doing very well. Thank you so much for having me. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you for joining us. If you don't know Samantha, uh, she is the VP of Education and Training at Cedia for what another week yes a little uh, i think a week and a half or so mm-hmm. as we drop that bombshell right off the top <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez <laughs> it's, it's it's the perfect you know just the perfect inroad um samantha you have been with cedia for what three three and a half years now yes about three and a half years mm-hmm. when you came in um education was in an interesting place well we'll <laughs> We'll start. It was in a, it was in we'll a transition. There. It was in yeah. a transition. Um, what is what has changed in education? What where is the focus gone? Because it initially there was all these very lofty goals for for education in CD, and and I'd argue that education is really one of the key tenets of what CDA really is about. It's it's about training your workforce and, and, and you as a, as a member, where was, where was education when you came in? What were those lofty goals? Where, where are we now? Well, that's a good question. So first of all, I think education had grown, uh, through a lot of volunteer work and a lot of kind of a grassroots movement, if you will, it started from a lot of the education being in person for, um, you know, our conferences, uh, definitely through Expo, and lots of times working with our industry partners and being in front of them uh, instructing on something. The lofty goals came from understanding there weren't a lot of processes in place already to take that and scale. So, you know, originally someone had said when I was first hired, so what's your first order of business, I said, we need to have reach. So we need to be accessible. We need a learning management system. We need to invest a little money in it. Um, And then we need to have best practices put in place for absolutely um, a better process placement of our work with the UK office Mm -hmm. and what it's going to look like to make our education absolutely localized and accessible and, and, you know, applicable to every single group that we are working with and and members of CEDIA and those that are looking to become members of CEDIA or educated within the industry. So it was really just about taking what we already had and going to the next level. And I actually say probably the next level after that, um, because I think we were probably a little behind the curve and not having some of those things already in place because we'd already been very successful with what we had been doing. So we needed to go ahead and take it to the next level. And and really, it was just architecting out what that was going to look like after the merge um, with the UK office, uh, the sale of the show, and understanding now strategy-wise, you want to call us a thought leader, what actually has to go into being a thought leader. It's not mm-hmm. just showing up at certain appearances for things. We have to have to actively, foundationally support educating the industry from the ground up. When When you and I met, I was... I want to say I had been on the board for, for about six months yes. and kind of got thrust into being the education liaison uh, with, with the EDU department. And I don't think anyone knew that not, and 
I never worked in education. Don't don't misunderstand. <laughs> but mm-hmm. my my mom had owned a, a a private school. She ran a private school for for years. My wife is a teacher. Um, my mother has a doctorate in education. My wife has a master's in education. I kind of I I get education as well as someone can who doesn't work in education. Mm-hmm. I don't think they knew what they were in for when they put the two of us together. Because I want to say one of the first conversations we had revolved around the concept of creating not just teaching topics, but creating an actual curriculum. Right. And I know in in the the six months previous ballpark, uh, until you came in, that was one of those little things that I realized kind of wasn't there. There were a right. lot of teachers and uh, and a lot of good teachers and, mm-hmm. and staff members and volunteers that were, I'm going to get hate mail for all of this, just so you know. Um, <laughs> Better you than me. Well, yeah, they won't yeah. know where to find me. <laughs> no, they won't know where to find you. So they'll, they'll send it to me, which is fine. I like it. Um, I thrive off of it. No. <laughs> but there, there, was, there was just a lot of disjointed information and there was mm-hmm. not really a, a cohesive pathway. Mm-hmm. And I think over the last, you know, three, three years or so, we've really got there. How, how important was it to create that curriculum and, and create that, that pathway to, to bring somebody in and teach them building blocks as they go? Uh, this is such a good question. Well, first of all, I loved working with you when you were on the board. It was an amazing, amazing um, partnership. And I our will team- send you the check later. <laughs> Our team was very blessed to have your advocacy um, and then following you, Peter Aylett. And so, you know, to have strong advocates on the board really help also in terms of being able to kind of get the message across of what we're doing. You know, we're boots on the ground working towards things. But your question is a good one, because when I first started, what I would hear often is we can't hire enough technicians. We can't keep people, you know, um, employed, working for us. We can't do this, this and this. And it became very clear to me that, yes, we needed to really work on foundational education across the board. Um, we needed to develop stackable credentials. We needed to bring people into the industry. We needed to keep professionalizing and make people understand what it means to be part of a skilled trade and proud of that, um, as opposed to going through through towards traditional education. And we've done all that, and I'm super, super proud of the CIT and the IST certifications. And now I say to people, we're so poised for great success And we are ready for the industry to take the baton. And what I mean by that is now that you have a pathway of education and a professional development opportunity that is absolutely real, viable as a career option, we need our business owners now to invest in our technicians and people new to the industry to support them and what it looks like to be in a viable career. So we don't want to lose people to the CS world. The computer science world comes up every single time, and that's a sister industry of ours, and people want to go over there because they have benefits and pathways and all these things. We've brought this education. We've professionalized it. I'm very proud of it. It's truly, truly foundational to getting somebody into a very knowledgeable place before they go and work with somebody and, and you know want to get in there and be um, already ready to go and skilled. Now I need people to keep them in there. Turnover is a real thing. And so I feel like it started way back with looking at where do we want to end? Well, we want to end that we're not just educating for the here and now. It's not a one and done, as you mentioned, where in the past we've had these kind of educational opportunities and then they go away or we focus on one thing and then like we leave people to think about it. We are still doing some of those more aspirational topics. We like to delve into things that are um, interesting and up and coming. 
but we have created this learning for the industry to continue to push the, the needle on what people know, what they need to know, and now we're ready for people to again take it to the next level and really make sure that we're holistically looking at this industry and how to support um, an educated group of individuals that have come in and, and really just showcase talent and not just through in-person and hands-on, but through the education that we stated they needed to know um, to uh, be truly uh, educated in this industry. You know, one of the things you mentioned that I really liked was the the passing of the baton to the industry. Mm -hmm. Because for for better or for worse, the industry... I get hate mail about this, Matt. I don't get real hate mail, but people, get... people argue with me about this. We'll get there. We'll get there. I'll, I'll help you out. <laughs> <laughs> there... That really is a big thing, though, and, and, and I think mm -hmm. it's overlooked in this channel. Mm -hmm. You have a lot of people who, A, put, put a lot of onus on Cedia, and mm -hmm. they need to do a lot for, for me as the business mm -hmm. owner. But And, and obviously, they, they do things for manufacturer partners and all the other partners, too. Yes. But for the, the integrator community, it's a lot of, you know, kind of, what do you do for me? Mm -hmm. And... One of the things you said about getting uh, essentially the that community to to buy in and and to get their people trained, I like to take it back even to ownership and you know people that have been in the business for years. Do they not need to, or, or do we as an industry not need to, essentially do everything we can to get everyone in the business? with certs because if the only people having those certs are the young kids off the street or, or the mm -hmm. second career people doesn't that devalue it a little bit or a lot oh this and that's what i said about the hate mail i was only half kidding i've had talks with people and you know that i don't shy away from these discussions where i've said i am so excited that you're going to send your technicians your brand new technicians through our programs I'm also asking you to put your money where your mouth is a little bit, and I want you to be CIT certified and IST certified, and I want you to come back and take some of our business classes as well. And the reason I'm asking you to do this is because as an industry as a whole, we have to understand the evolution of education, that things potentially have changed. Relevancy is a big part of what you learn about. Like even for me, 26 years in the industry of education, and I still do professional development mm -hmm. two times a year at least. I have a mentor that still works with me. I mean, it's a it's a big deal to continue to evolve in different areas where you're just always learning. And I think even from a business standpoint, I remember in the very beginning when I was hired, someone said, well, we always focus on the tech classes when we go out and we do things. And, and I said, but that's not what the evaluations are showing me. Like I went through and I read through and it said a lot of people wanted business classes. In fact, they were hungry for them. Mm -hmm. Some of them said we ended up doing very well with our business, but I, you know, turnover is a big deal. I can't keep, you know, retention as one of our top priorities that we, you know, we meet every single year. I, I don't know how to hire a good project manager. I'm trying to do all of it. So there were certain things also from our business owner standpoint that to your point originally, could we also be educating them and have micro badges or something within the industry that states, yes, you got to this level because you learned even more about how to make your business as a leader really uh, sustainable and successful and also succession planning. There's a piece of that too, where a lot of people have said, well, now I've been in this industry 30, 40 years, and what am I gonna do afterward? And where does this go after here? So there's all those things that I think CEDIA and the industry as a whole 
have evolved and there's still things in areas that are catching up along the way. And people should be uh, in it to win it for that. You know, keep going along with what's happening, learning more about it and and figuring out how you can make your business or your place within the industry as strong as possible. But also recognizing when you do that, it continues to um, elevate the entire industry. We're strongest when we're strong together. And that's been my mantra from the very beginning. There's a big part of the business that lacks when it comes to the actual business. The, the, the tech part is, is important and it, it's, I'd argue it's the low hanging fruit mm -hmm. to, to teach uh, an incoming technician or, you know, a 10 year vet how to do networking if they've never done networking. Mm -hmm. It, that's hard, but it's easy. It, it's not yeah. that difficult to create the, the classes and, you know, they can get it from Cedia. They can get some manufacturer specific stuff. There's a lot of opportunity out there. But the business side is the side that I'd argue is probably the biggest lacking part of, mm -hmm. of offerings initially when I first joined. Um, it's, it's obviously getting better. Why, is that, why has that been so difficult and, and taken so long to, to push that and, and get some level of acceptance from, from membership on that side of it? I think it's because a lot of people did very well financially for quite some time. And this is just my opinion. And because when that happens, and I, I was just talking to someone about this earlier, I hear often, I really do, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And then you'll always hear me come back and say, wait a minute, but how did you determine it wasn't broke? Um, so are you evaluating your processes all the time? Are you going, but what does success look like to you? So if you want to do qualitative or quantitative, I don't care. Let's go both. You know, let's do a, a qualitative assessment of what do people really think? Have you, when was the last time you did a survey monkey of your, you know, your employees, what do they think of things? But secondly, from a business standpoint, let's look at the actual quantitative data of where you were before and where you're coming to now. What is the what is your gauge on the relevancy of what you offer? What is, you know, I was just talking to someone about this the other day too with diversity and inclusion and we talk about trends and buzzwords and all these things. And, and I said, if, if you're still talking about whether you should have something in place for hiring processes or you're still talking about whether we should incorporate more for diversity and inclusion within our own education, you're way behind me. Well, I need you to get into, you know, the 21st century here. This should already been something that we put in place. So some of those things from a standpoint of education three and a half years ago, when we were architecting this out, we had to absolutely put those in immediately just to start getting them into a next iteration as we started to create other things. Those conversations have often been a little difficult because people don't know what they don't know. So right. for them, they're just looking at their little Cosmo. They're like, nothing's broken. Samantha, everything's really good here. It's like, where do you get the people that you hire in? Oh, I have people that recommend them all the time. Okay, then that means you're still in your circle of where you're getting people. You understand that you will stay in this circle as long as it seems to fit, but that doesn't ever allow you really growth in the market, um, growth for a different clientele, understanding what are other things out there potentially, looking at um, staying relevant with your peers, eventually something has to give. So I think often it comes to the point where it gets to a bad place when it doesn't need to necessarily be there. It needs to be more of an open understanding that to be educated along the way should be for everybody in the industry, not just those that are in a technical position. Where, where, does, where does education go from here? What, what's the next, like what's the roadmap look 
for the future. We, we've had... The world is your oyster. So exciting. <laughs> it is. I ju we just did I... part of the product roadmap today. I'm so Perfect. excited that I'm still here for it. There, there's been, you know, we, we I want to say, what, three new certifications have come out? Yeah, two new, the CIT and the IST. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. So those are, those have come out. What's what's on the roadmap for the future? What are we looking towards? Are we are we looking to grow this? Are we looking at growing, uh, let's say, engagement from the community? As far as you know, we're looking to see seventy five percent of employees with across the spectrum um, of of member companies with with a certification. We are really, really excited about the future because of all the things that we are poised now for success for. So I said this to the working groups the other day for education. If you, ha if you haven't been a member uh, of one of our working groups and you are a CD member, please come and join us because we have a lot of them that fall under the education umbrella. Um, but we're so poised for success. When I say the world is our oyster, I truly mean that. We just spent three and a half years basically building out and redesigning these stackable credentials looking through the JTAs, making these a uh, way to get somebody to go all the way through to be foundationally educated with two certifications. And now where do we go from now? Well, we're looking at doing um, a networking that we need to update. We're doing a design. We're looking at doing um, more of our schools that will be hybrid offered. So now that we have a lot of the foundational education, um, we can build from those and then do the in-person in tandem with those. So you get the best of both worlds. There's also reach with that in our other areas. Um, and then we're looking at doing lighting and programming. They're in the works right now with our instructional designers. So they're supposed to be in the academy by the end of the year. Um, and then from the business standpoint, right now we're looking at putting a back together a toolkit similar to what we're, what was there years ago, which is a lot of documents and processes put in place from an HR perspective, um, from a hiring process uh, perspective, and then updating all of the ones that we had before to make them very current and relevant. And all those things that we were just talking about, infusing some of that into those um, that that business toolkit with those classes and those documents. So really excited for this year because for the first time, I feel like now it can go in a, a myriad of directions and it probably will also be related to what the CEO comes in. Our brand new CEO comes in and says, okay, so strategy wise, we still want you to keep going down this path, but this is what we actually want you to create in an effort to reach and go down that path successfully. Mm -hmm. um, so it'll be interesting. Do, what area do we focus more on? Um, well, what are we hearing a lot of? And a lot of it goes back to the business owner. That's really right now what we're hearing. We really want more for our business owner to feel successful. Um, and you know, topics like RMR um, and also retention has come up a lot. And succession planning was the last evaluation that I read through. Someone had written an entire paragraph on, I just wish I knew more about succession planning. I never knew what this even meant before. It's like, ah, so all of those kinds of things um, I think will be uh, really really wonderfully executed upon this year and put out there probably by Q2 and Q3 um, to start the evaluation process on them by the end of the year. That's awesome. Um, if there's... I know. I, I know too. Um, I know. I'm I so know. excited. <laughs> <laughs> if, if there was... Let, we'll, we'll, we'll work toward closing this down. Um, if there was something that you could ask of, of membership today um whether that be i know we're always looking for more volunteers we're looking for more uh thought leaders and and leaders in their field to come in and, and you know not necessarily double check things but but look at everything and and review things and and add to those things 
what what's the biggest what's the biggest need in 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 education and what's the biggest thing that you'd like to see from from the community i just want them to do what we were just talking about in the very beginning which is take the baton now and foster a love of learning and education within whatever facet you are within this industry so if you're a business owner please support education for yourself and for everybody within your business please lay out a professional development pathway for those new technicians so they will stay in this industry and they won't leave this industry even if they love it to find better benefits um, and better professional development pathways away from ours. Mm -hmm. I want everybody to band together and understand um, how important it is to focus on a more diverse and inclusive environment. So we really foster the idea of if you can see it, you can be it. Um, that is true. And I want that to become part of the actual foundation of when people are looking at their businesses each year and evaluating, please evaluate. How are my employees feeling? How are we doing? How are our hiring practices? Are we bringing more people into the fold? I've always said when we um, you know, elevate, we elevate together. We're strongest when we're strong together. And I truly believe that. And so this industry will continue to grow and continue to strengthen itself when it starts to really work towards professionalizing from that education standpoint. This is a skilled trade. And honestly, I think often we think of it as like, it is very, very, um, the expert level that goes into some of what happens within this industry, it blows my mind. But what needs to happen along with that is to understand that just like any skilled trade, there needs to be an absolute dedicated larger group as in the industry itself and the CDM members especially supporting what this looks like from the ground up of the actual new people particularly coming into this field. Um, make this a viable career opportunity for them and they will stay and strengthen all of our bottom lines as well. Is that not the, I don't want to say the biggest issue, but, but the bang your head against the wall moment, right? You continually hear people mm -hmm. talk about how we're, we are equal to every other skilled trade on, on a site, but then they balk about education or they balk mm -hmm. about Yes. Getting certified in, in whatever, whether it's a CDS cert or mm -hmm. whether it's a, a Netgear cert, um, there's always that pushback. And every time, every time you and I have this this type of conversation, I continually think of all of my my friends and and, and our partners that are electricians. Yeah, they have to do, and whether they <laughs> are a quote unquote current up to date, you know, smart electrician or just a regular mm -hmm. run-of-the-mill electrician, they're constantly doing training and, and learning new codes and staying up to date on stuff. And for whatever reason, our channel seems to want all of that cake, but never wants to put in the work to, to, to get there. What would you say to the mass number of people that feel that way? <laughs> Well, this is not an independent endeavor. So you have to band together to understand, even if it is not apl applicable to you right at that moment, it is applicable to the full industry. So what I mean by that is understand that banding together to make the priority and the expectation here and raise the bar here is only going to strengthen in terms of the view of how we're all looked at collectively across the board, and that's globally. And 
I think a lot of people have been very, very successful and it's very individual and not understanding that it needs to be a collective is, um, has been a huge uh, detriment to our industry. So yes, education can become a little bit costly, but to not be educated is so much more costly and not just for an individual business owner, but for our industry in general. And I cannot say enough how important it's going to be moving forward from you know now all the way through the next few years especially work to diversify and professionalize this industry even more than it ever has been before volunteer to instruct if you're an expert and work with other uh, instructors to make your instruction even better go back and support education with your organization let people in your organization take classes and then ask them to bring back that education to your team it's not a one and done then um, and and I just wish that this would catch fire even more. There are real true advocates of this. You are one of them. I appreciate this. We need more. Yeah, I love it. Let's let's leave it there. Samantha, thank you so much for, for joining us. Thank you for, um, you know, again, I, I, I was there before you were here <laughs> and involved yes, in, you were. In, in it. And I, I saw where it was and I, I see where it is now. And, you know, between you and, and the amazing team that, that you help build and create, you guys have done a fantastic job of, of bringing the LMS Thank forward, you. bringing the online forward, all of those things that when I first got on the board were, were such a, a sore spot. Um, you, you guys exceeded that with, heck, you exceeded my expectations. So thank you so much for, for everything you've done and uh, good luck in the future. If people want to... Thank you so much. I know you're not necessarily going to be here per se, but if people want to connect with you uh, for the next week. <laughs> um, well, connect with me on LinkedIn anyway. I always, right. I'll always volunteer if anybody needs me for the industry. So I, I'm going to still always feel like a, I don't know, a part of it, even if I'm not necessarily working directly in it. And I would love to connect with anybody on LinkedIn always. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Samantha. Appreciate your time. Uh, thank you for joining us. If you'd like to connect with me, you can find me on Twitter at Matt D. Scott. That's where you send all that hate mail from, from previous statements. <laughs> um, but most importantly, please visit avnation.tv where you'll find this show as well as a wide variety of other shows with all the verticals that we cover. When you visit the website, please take a moment to check out our supporters. We are extremely thankful for their support and ask that you check them out as well. Thanks again for watching. That's all the time we have for this special episode of Resi Week.